Hello, this is Malia Warner. Welcome to Power Principles, the podcast. Today is episode 46, Where Do Thoughts Come From? Hi friends, welcome. I hope you had a marvelous Thanksgiving. True story to start with, we sorted laundry on Friday, like as we do every Friday, and the whites go in first. So when the whites finished the washer, put them into the dryer, no problem, pulled them out of the dryer, every article of white clothing was covered with red spots. And it was a mystery. We could not figure out there had been one shirt that had had a red spot on it. And we thought that's very strange that that one red spot that we treated with stain stick could get onto every piece of white clothing and then found the culprit. And there was a tube of red chapstick that had gotten washed with the whites, which probably wouldn't have been a problem in the washer, but then it was dried with the whites and the heat melted. And even though the lid on the chapstick was still untight, it had melted and leaked out. And red spots, true story. Every piece of underwear, all of the boys' white t-shirts, my husband's nicest sweater, my white turtleneck. It's so hard to find a good white turtleneck. All of it, red spots. And I wish I would have taken a picture of it because it would have made a great feature image for the topic today except talk about showing the world your dirty laundry. And at the time, this analogy did not even occur to me until I actually sat down to record this episode today. A friend asked me a couple of weeks ago how I come up with the topics for these podcasts. And I do have a calendar that I've brainstormed and I have topics scheduled out. And sometimes I follow the topic that's on the calendar. And sometimes there's just another idea that's there and it's the one that needs to be talked about that day. That's how last week's episode was with Morning Thoughts, episode 45 with the Thanksgiving holiday. If you haven't had a chance to listen to it yet, make sure to go back and catch up on that one because it is a really useful tool. And I think that thought came up. It wasn't on my regular schedule. For me, I have been doing that. I have been really paying attention to my morning thoughts this week and thinking of 10 things that I'm grateful for in the morning before getting out of bed. And I will tell you why that's helped me in just a second. But I just think it's so interesting that I already had this planned to talk about our where thoughts come from and especially our intruding thoughts. And then I have this laundry experience, which creates such a powerful visualization to go along with the message of this episode today. So I just think that's really interesting when stuff like that happens. So a very important podcast episode today. If you have a brain, this episode is for you. And we will tie in the laundry imagery as we go. First, a couple of housekeeping items. Number one, wanna make a quick book announcement Lies of the Magpie, my manuscript, I submitted it to my editor this Saturday, the week of Thanksgiving. I did 50 hours of editing. My brain was smoking, but I just wanted to let you know that it is in progress and the work is moving forward for publication. So many of you were listening to the audio versions on podcast this summer and were sad when I stopped podcasting it. And doing that, podcasting it has been really helpful in the editing process. So I wanted to let you know that it hasn't gone away. The work on it has very much been moving forward. 
This is not the final stage of editing. This is not proofreading, copy reading. This is going in for line editing. So much more editing coming ahead. You write and you edit and edit and edit and edit and edit and edit and edit. And for you writers who are listening, I just want to give a couple of quick tips. Scrivener, oh my goodness, Scrivener, an amazing writer's tool. You buy it online, $50. I would pay thousands of dollars for the amount of time that tool saved me. Won't go into detail. It's got a great free trial period that you can play around with it. And second, StoryGrid. Google StoryGrid, Matthew Coyne, I think is his name. So helpful, so helpful. That's all I'll say. Okay, and housekeeping tip number two, the review of the week. No reviews of the week. I know, Thanksgiving, everyone is so busy. Come on, I'm coaxing a review out of you. I know you want to. I know you want to click to scroll down and click on ratings and review and leave five stars and write a takeaway that you have gotten from listening to Power Principles, the podcast. So thank you for listening. Thank you in advance for leaving your reviews and for sharing. I am going to begin by talking about that my daughter this week on Wednesday attended the funeral of her friend from college who died as a result of suicide. I had mentioned it in last week's episode and coming into today, I thought I'm not going to say anything about it. I have some funny stories in this podcast, some colorful laundry analogies. And then I thought, no, I am going to talk about it. I read the other day that the suicide rate for 10 to 14 year olds has tripled in the last two years. It is a very real thing. And for whatever reason, the holidays are some of the highest amounts of deaths by suicide. And my daughter attended her friend's funeral. It was a huge funeral. So many people that loved this wonderful young man. He played football in high school. She met him in an honors program and such a beautiful soul. And I thought if he could see how many people love him and are there for him, how is it possible for life to feel so dark and so bad that you think it's not worth it, that you can't go on anymore? And of course, these are all the questions that we are left with. And while we can never presume to speak for another person, which is what makes it so difficult because we don't have answers to the questions. And a lot of times the questions are not good to ask because there are no good answers. I can speak to this. And I think this is the message that we can't just know ourselves as parents, as adults, but we must also make sure that our children understand and that they are capable of understanding it. And it is this, you are not your thoughts. Not every thought in your head comes from you and not every thought in your head is true. Your thoughts can lie to you and can tell you completely false things that sound so right in the moment. Your thoughts can get so complicated and tangled. They can turn your brain to fire. People ask, how can someone end their life? And the best example I can think of is this. I think of when 9-11 happened and the flames hit 
the Twin Towers and the buildings were on fire and there were floors of the building that were completely engulfed in flames. And one of the hardest images was to see people who were jumping out of the buildings and you knew they were jumping to certain death and they had to know that they were jumping to certain death. But the situation inside the building was so bad. It was so hot. It was such a furnace that they would rather jump out of the building to escape than to stay there and burn up. And I think when someone is acting upon suicidal thoughts, it must feel something like that. Maybe it's not even really that they want to die, but that they cannot stay where they are. They cannot, for whatever reason, be in the life they are in any longer. And so the purpose for today's episode is to teach a practical tool for being able to sort out, to discern which thoughts in our head truly belong to us and which are lying thoughts that are not our own. It's a tool we all need. If you have a brain, you need this tool and we need to be using this tool every single day, multiple times a day, all day long, sorting out our thoughts. And I want to share a funny story that illustrates this. Years ago, my youngest sister went to Europe with her high school French class, and my mom and dad went along as chaperones. So they fly, they're jet lagged, they arrive in their hotel in France late at night, they go into their room, and my mom and my sister say, this room has not been cleaned. The bed doesn't look like the sheets were changed, like it looks like it was just hastily made, but we are not going to sleep in that bed. And so they pulled out the wall bed, which looked like it still had clean sheets on it. And my dad is like, oh, you babies, just get over it. And he climbed into the bed and went to sleep. And in the morning, his ankles were a little tied up. They were tangled in something. And he put off the covers and looked down and he was tangled up in a pair of black lacy French panties. Now to get the full image here, my dad is six foot eight inches tall. He's a farmer. He could throw down a 300 pound steer with no problem. So I think the image of this big cowboy who has lassoed a few steers in his life, having his own ankles tied up with black lace is going to be an image that sticks with you. So he finds the French teacher and they go to the front desk. And the French teacher explains to the front desk clerk that the room was not cleaned and that it's not acceptable and that they need a new room. And the French man is saying, Ooh, but of course, monsieur, of course, we always clean our rooms. We always clean our chambres. And the French teacher holds up the black panties and says, Celui-ci, ce n'est pas à lui. You see these, these panties, these do not belong to him. And so the desk clerk got them another room. And the point of the story, the thing for you to remember is just because it is in your bed does not mean it belongs to you. I had a huge aha moment talking about cataclysmic life change here. The day I realized that not every thought in my head 
was mine and that those thoughts could lie to me. Up until then, I just always believed, I didn't even, I took it for granted, didn't even think about it, that if it was a thought in my head, it was me, it was my own, and that it must be true. If it was in my head, it must be true. And this is a critical skill that we must all develop to be able to sort our thoughts in the way that we sort our laundry, the lights in one pile and the darks in another. Everything in life boils down to our thoughts and we will never be able to solve any problem, resolve any situation, influence anyone around us until we get right in our own head. So let's talk about where thoughts come from. And to do this, we have to delve into spirituality and religion because science has, in all of its advances, never been able to explain the source of human consciousness. What makes a body come alive with consciousness, awareness, personality, preference? So I'm going to rely on spirituality and religion to talk about four sources of thoughts. And this discussion relies on the assumption of life before, life existing before, and that life continues to exist after death. And if you don't believe in life before life and life after death, that's okay. This may not be the episode for you. Or if you'd like to come along and hear some possible theories, absolutely fine. You're more than welcome to join in. So in my religion, I'm a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. We have a belief in life before that we existed as intelligence and then that intelligence progressed to having spirit and that the next step in our progression was to come have a physical body and that we needed to have an experience in physical form in order to learn and grow before we could move further in our eternal progression and we believe that the life will exist after the grave, that the physical body will be reunited with spirit and intelligence and continue eternal progression. As part of that belief, we talk about that in life before there was a council in heaven. We imagine this this large meeting and that there were some ideas presented about how earth life could go. We were able to listen to those ideas, listen to those plans, think about it and make a vote, make a choice about the one that we wanted. And it had to do with agency and the need for a savior. And I won't go into that doctrine. The message is that we believe that we were able to think, consider, evaluate, use logic and make decisions. And we did it all before having a physical brain. Then we were all born as babies and came into this world as an infant. And the the brain is a new tool for us. Our intelligence is more than ancient, it's eternal. But this physical brain is a pretty new function. It's like a new piece of technology and we're all trying to figure out how it works. And in the last 10, 20 years, science has made amazing discoveries and developments of how the brain does work and it can track depressed thoughts and the effects of a depressed brain and an addicted brain. And it can actually show thoughts on 
screens and capture pictures of what's happening with thoughts in the brain. So thoughts are real, they're powerful, they're energy, they're electricity, and they can burn you. So what are thoughts and where do they come from? So thoughts are these electric pulses that travel through the brain, but where do they come from? So this is life according to Malia. It makes sense to me. It feels right to me. It jives with my personal experience and I'm still learning about it also. So number one source of thought to me is our intelligence, the intelligence that we have always been, this intelligence that we have been developing and progressing and are continuing to develop. That's the number one source of our thoughts. Number two, I believe there is a higher intelligence. I believe this is something we can all link into. Those moments when you feel ideas, inspiration that are beyond your own ability, you can feel that you're connected to this higher source. People call it God. People call it all kinds of things. It's light. It's good. Everything that comes from this source of intelligence is good and brings good into the world. In this category, I link, I believe personally that we have angels of light around us that can whisper to us, that can put thoughts in our head that can inspire and help and magnify us. So number two is this higher intelligence of light and angels of light that can also whisper, put thoughts into our brain. The third source is the brain itself. Now, I don't think the brain can come up with original thoughts, but the brain is a massive recording computer. It has huge files. It, it is the biggest elephant in the world because it doesn't forget anything. Everything we've ever experienced through our five senses get recorded in files in our brain. The majority of those files remain in our subconscious. We can't recall them. We can't pull them up unless something unlocks and triggers that we can go into that subconscious, but they're still there. Now, I do not understand completely how the brain works, but somehow it is able to draw from files and pull things out and put things together and it has an ability to take this experience from here and this experience from here and put it all together in a soup and come out with, oh, well, then this is, this is how it is. This is what's going to happen. I also know that the brain has default settings that the brain's job is to keep the body alive. It's its primary job to keep the heart beating, to keep food digesting, to keep air, our lungs breathing in and out, to make sure our eyes blink so that they don't dry out. And this it all does automatically. As part of its job to keep our body alive, the brain defaults to rejecting. It has a filter that's going to reject anything that seems unfamiliar, uncomfortable, the brain releases thoughts that trigger fear as a way to keep us safe. The brain also, to conserve energy, is going to look for the easy way out. And the body likes to feel good, so the brain is also going to look for things that create pleasure. So this brain programming is constantly running. We can't begin to comprehend the hundreds of thousands of millions of thought impulses that shoot across our brain 
in a minute's time. And number four, the other source of thoughts are, if there is good intelligence in the world, there is dark intelligence in the world. It's just the laws of the universe. There must be an opposite. If there is good, there is also evil. If there is light, there is also dark. I did not create the laws, but I am bound to live by them. And so there is dark intelligence in the world. And there are angels of darkness, and I don't know how it works, that they can access our thoughts if it's whispering or if it's energy vibrations or somehow that those thoughts ideas get into our brain as well. So many things happening upstairs in our noggin Every second, every waking hour, and then when we're asleep, the subconscious is just filing and processing it all. It can be complicated, but it doesn't have to be. I really believe that children absolutely can understand this concept, that ideas are able to be put into our head that are not our own, and also that our brain in its default mode can be running programs that aren't necessarily true. We each have the gift of our own intelligence aided by higher inspiration, angels of light. Anytime that we wish to call upon and connect with that higher power to be able to discern what those thoughts are and where they are coming from. And I mean this sincerely. This is truth to me that any person, every one of us, it doesn't matter, our religion, our background, our spirituality, we have the ability and the promise to call upon our intelligence, our gut, our intuition, and to also call upon help from the higher intelligence in the universe around us. Just knowing this can make all of the difference in the world understanding that because a sentence pops up in my head or an image pops up in my mind does not mean that it belongs to me. It does not mean that I have to keep it or especially it does not mean that I have to act upon it. And there are a lot of examples and things that we could talk about, which are probably good for future podcast episodes. Today, I want to leave you with one power question that can make all of the difference in beginning to recognize and sort where your thoughts are coming from. Last week's episode was a really great precursor exercise for this. And the invitation was in the morning when you wake up, don't jump right into your day. Pause, stay right there in bed and become aware of your morning thoughts. What do you think about first thing in the morning? What is going through your head first thing in the morning? Is it the automatic replay that your brain, that program your brain just always runs? And the invitation is to observe those thoughts and practice right there sorting them. The next level of that is to then begin putting yourself, your intelligence in the driver's seat of your brain for the day by practicing gratitude listing, go through a list, 10 things I'm grateful for. Number one, grateful for breath. Number two, grateful for malto meal cereal, whatever. (laughs) 
And the reason that gratitude is so powerful is because the automatic brain does not express gratitude. Neither does dark intelligence express gratitude. So the moment you make the choice to think of consciously, to bring into your brain something that you choose to be grateful for, you are putting your intelligence, your higher power in the driver's seat for your day. And I had an amazing personal experience with that this past week because I recorded the episode about morning thoughts. I began doing morning thoughts. You know, sometimes we know things and we know that they work, but we get out of practice. And I hadn't been doing that for a while. I had not been conscious of my thoughts in the morning and I was very diligent in doing it every day and expressing 10 things I'm grateful for before I even got out of bed. This was a grueling week. I did eight to 10 hours of editing every day. And there were mornings I was awake at 4.30. That's not like me. That's not typical for me. And I felt a strength, just this added ability to think. And I could feel it coming from those morning thoughts because... My automatic brain would typically go into, oh my goodness, you are so far behind on this book. You need to be home with your family for Thanksgiving. You're not going to have enough time to get this editing done by Saturday. The book is just a mess. Nobody's going to read it. So why even waste your time with it? The default brain automatically goes to limitation. Why? Because it wants to find the easy way out. It doesn't like scenarios that are unknown. And for me, publishing a book is completely unknown. And it wants to seek pleasure. So by deliberately being in my gratitude mind that called my true intelligence and also I believe anytime we express gratitude that it's an expression of prayer and it connects us to the higher source of intelligence. I feel that that idea to do the podcast about morning thoughts last week came from a higher power who knew the week that I had ahead of me and who knew the strength that I would need and that could come to me from getting into my deliberate conscious thinking mind and overriding all of those limiting negative default thoughts that my brain is going to put in my mind because that's its job. That's the brain's job. So just because the brain can run on auto mode doesn't mean that that's what we want to let it do all day long. So here's your tool. Become aware of your level of self-awareness. Where during the day are you mindless? For a lot of us, it's the mindless eating. For me, it's just the automatically grabbing the bag of chocolate chips. I hardly even think about it. It's really mindless at that point. Observe your thoughts. Become the great discerner of what's going on in your own mind. Then when you get good at being able to recognize your thoughts, you kind of have to freeze frame them and and think, what's going on in my head? What is my brain telling me right now? Because a lot of times we aren't aware of it. The thoughts happen so fast that we have a feeling. We feel agitated, we feel panicked, we feel stressed, and we don't know why. But all of those feelings go back to thoughts. And so when you can learn to trace the feeling back to your thought and freeze it, catch it, and go, what is the thought? 
Then you do this and here is your power tool for the episode. You ask the question, who says so? Who says so? Your book is so bad, nobody's going to read it, so it's a waste of time to keep working on it. Freeze. Who says so? Do I say so? I don't say so. I say this is going to be an amazing book. Does my higher power say so? Absolutely not. Does my limiting brain say so? Yeah, because if I don't work on it, it's going to save it a lot of energy and a lot of effort. Do dark angels, dark intelligence say that? Maybe. Maybe they're trying to get at me. Thoughts that say, I'm not enough. No matter what I do, it's never enough. Freeze. Who says so? Do you say so? No. Does your higher power say so? No. Because every person in this world is already enough. Our worth is 100% complete. There's nothing that we do that adds to it or can take away from it. Thoughts that say, this is too hard. You can't do this. You can't stay here. Freeze. Who says so? You say so? No. Because you are strong. You have enough help. You have enough beauty and wisdom and intelligence inside of you to be able to handle anything that comes your way. And you have the promise of help all around you. I want to finish the episode by talking about how negative thoughts compound. If thoughts are not challenged, if they are not questioned and they are allowed to repeat and recycle those electric pulses, they wear tracks in the brain. And those tracks are ruts that the electric pulses get used to going. And so they'll always default to that. When we say that we're stuck in a rut, there is literally a rut in our brain and the thoughts get deeper and deeper and dig the rut. And there is a literal spiral downward when thoughts are not questioned. It is good to argue with your thoughts. It is good to question your thoughts and ask, who says so? And do I want that to be true? And so you might ask, what about chemical imbalances? What about chemical depression and chemical anxiety? Yes, that is absolutely a real thing because every thought triggers an emotion. Every thought tells the body to produce a particular recipe, a particular combination of the brain neurotransmitters. Positive thoughts produce positive emotions. Negative thoughts produce negative emotions that are poison, that are toxin to the body. And so over a period of time, a chronic repetition of negative thoughts produces negative chemicals and the brain and the body get chemically out of whack and it becomes a real thing. Which comes first, the negative thought or the chemical imbalance, chicken or the egg? There are definitely genetic tendencies and environmental factors that have an impact on us and on our brain chemicals. It probably isn't as important which came first, but to know that it's a cycle. You have a chemical imbalance, you're going to have an increase of negative thoughts. You have an increase of negative thoughts, you're going to have a chemical imbalance. And treatment must address both. If you have depression, you have a loved one, a family member who is suffering from depression, anxiety, and it's being treated chemically, but the 
thought cycle is not being addressed, there will never be full healing there. Also, you can do everything that you can to get your thoughts in order, but if your chemicals are completely out of whack, your body needs support. Medication can be a really good thing to help your body get chemically back healthy again. I'm going to get a couple images stuck in your head here. A cowboy wrapped up in black panties. Just because it's in your bed doesn't mean it belongs to you. Just because it's in your brain doesn't mean it belongs to you. And the second image, a tube of red chapstick can ruin an entire load of white clothing. You may have a fantastic life. Everything should be just going great, but there is something that just itches. It's that itch you cannot scratch, something that bugs. Look for the tube of red chapstick because one tube of red chapstick can ruin everything else that's white and bright in your life. Find it and get rid of it. And here is the really good news. The red came out. Could not believe it, would not have predicted it. We were ready to pull out the bank account to have to resupply everybody with their whitey tidies and oxyclean. That's an amazing substance. Can we market some OxyClean for our brains because soaking it in the OxyClean and these were things that had been through the dryer. They had finished two full high heat cycles with that red chapstick spots on them. Soaked them in OxyClean, it took a lot of treatment. It was not a one and done thing. Soaked them once, washed them again, treated the spots again with stain stick and with a little bleach pen and with some high concentrated OxyClean, soaked it again, put them again, and they are white. So the brain is amazing. It can be healed. And the power of being able to discern and sort our thoughts cannot be understated. What's exciting to me is that I don't believe these are hard concepts to understand nor to apply. It isn't the level of effort of training to run a marathon or getting to the gym every day to do a full hour PX80 workout or cross, CrossFit workout, whatever the, the fad is right now. The slightest increase of self-awareness, of self-consciousness makes a big difference. And you are worth it. You are the great accomplishment of your life. Your best investment that you ever make of time, money, will be in yourself. The best thing you can do for your family is to become the best you. The best gift you can offer the world is to be the best version of yourself. I'm not talking about some phony, photoshopped, Pinterest perfect of yourself. I'm talking about the real you, weak and strong, flawed and fabulous. I'm talking about turning off the automatic negative brain, shutting out the dark intelligence, and putting the real you in the driver's seat of your life, knowing that you are enough. You know enough. You have enough. We need you. We need who you are. We need what you know. We need your personality. We need your preference. We need you to be here. And if ever a thought comes that you can't stay, that you can't stay in your body, that nobody wants you here, 
that you can't do it anymore. No, that is not the real you and that those are not voices that you want to let stay in your head. Because you, my friend, are magnificent. This is Malia Warner. It has been a pleasure spending this time with you. Thank you for leaving reviews and for sharing this podcast with your friends. I'll see you back next week for another episode of Power Principles, the podcast.